We are in a series of Mesilas Yisharim. The first two lectures I made in a different location. This one we'll do here. Let's hope that the fourth lecture will be in, in this location. Maybe I have to travel from one location to another. But uh, I did the introduction, and also a little bit of chapter one, first chapter, which is the opening. Briefly, I'm going to go over the first chapter because I really wanted to speak about Midat uh, Zeirut, being careful about every detail of the person's life, which is chapter two. But uh, I understand that you did not review chapter one yet, no? You only had the introduction, because two lectures was the introduction, plus a little bit from chapter one. Okay, so I'll go, I'll briefly do it. Uh, the Ramchal starts the Mesilas Risharim in a very classy, famous Pticha opening, which is Yesod HaChasidut V'Shoresh HaAvoda Yud Kei Vav Kei. Yud, Hei, Vav, and Hei, right? which is the foundation of the Hasidut, and I, I say it again with no offense to anyone, Hasidut that he's speaking about is not what we call Hasidut. Today Hasid, it can be someone who never opened a book once in his life, as long as he has beard and peos and a streimel, he's called a Hasid. But if you tell the Ramchal this is a Hasid, he, he won't know if to cry or to laugh. The Ramchal, that's not what he meant. Especially when in his time there was, I believe it was before Baal Shem Tov, if I'm not mistaken. So there's now no Hasidus in the world. So the explanation of the word Hasidut means is above righteousness. Yes, righteous, tzaddik, and yes, Hasidut, Lifni Mishurat Adin, Midat Hasidut, more than the obligation. Hashem say, this is what you must do, I say, I do more for you. Hashem say, this is allowed, say, no, Mekadesh Atzmecha Bamutar Lach. I don't touch it. Why you don't touch it? I allow it. No problem. I'm, I'm going to sacrifice some more from what the halacha requires. That's called Midat Hasidut. So he says like this, the foundation of the Hasidut to become a Hasid and the root of the Avodah, the service between a human being to Hashem, the Shoresh, the root, every word here is very, very deep and is after reviewing it hundreds of times. There's not one extra word or one word that is not precise. You write a book, next year they tell you to write the same subject, you write completely different. This kind of people, they don't write difference. They are so precise and so deep that even after 10 years you come and tell them continue from where you stopped, they will know exactly what he said. I give you a proof. My cousin was a Talmud of Rav Benzion Abba Shaul, Zecher Tzadik Vekadosh Livracha, was a very big Talmud Chacham and Baal Midos and a big Kabbalist, the biggest in the world in Kabbalah. And the, after 10 years that he was giving the shiur in yeshiva every day, one Talmud came with a, pan, with a pile of papers like this. From 10 years ago in the shiur. He said, Kvod Arav, I want to publish a book from your shiurim, and then when I'm done, maybe Arav will go over it and tell me what to erase, what to add. So he said, okay, read, read. I don't have my glasses, he said to him. So the Talmud started, Three words. He started one, two, three. He said, stop, it's not my shoe. You mixed. Ten years later, three words. Right away, told him, it's not my shoe. It's not me. Three words. I didn't finish one sentence. Bichlal. Ten years later. This is how sharp their brain is. We, an hour after we gave a lecture, tell me, how did you start your lecture? Go on the internet, check how I start my life. <laughs> how I start my life. So this is what he says here. The root 
התמימה, טעם מין פרפקט, also מין אינסנט, אבל what it means here, it's perfect, שיתברר ויתעמת אצל האדם, that it will be clarified to the person, and will be the truth, you will understand that that's the truth, what's his obligation in his own life, not in general life of the world, that's besides the point. General work, everyone has the same, tefillin, tefillah, tzlaka, shabbos, tzniyus, and everyone has, male, female, everyone has it. Tzadik, not such a tzadik, big neshama, not such a great neshama, young, old, everyone does the same job. No, your specific, specific mission in life. If you don't know what your specific mission in life, you can never be successful. What does a person has to focus on and put all his efforts and all the hard efforts that he puts in his life to, to where, to what direction and on what thing to emphasize, to put all his energy. Because many people waste a lot of energy on not important thing. And when it comes to the critical things in life, they have no power left, no strength. Puts all his work in, uh, in this thing. I'll give you an example. You know, some of you are Satmer or affiliate with Satmer. But, I, you know, over here we talk as friends. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just giving you an example. Over the years I get a lot of phone calls from Satmer Hasidim. And uh, I already know, in the beginning I didn't know, but from them I learned that the most important thing in their life is finding Zionism. It comes before everything else in life. Before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, before the Torah, before Shabbos. Before, everything is important for them, don't get me wrong. But if they have to choose where to put all their energy in life, is this war against the Zionists. The question is, is this the mission in life? Is the, yeah, it's important. They made a lot of bad in the world. They did a lot of horrible things. Nobody denies it. Even other Hasidim knows it, and also other Litvish and Sfaradim, they all know what they did. It's not a secret. But the question is, is this the main thing in the life of a Jew? This is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu put you in the world to fight against all these Russian communists who came from Russia and Poland and were anti-Hashem and anti-religion, and they did all kinds of bad things in the world. Is this is the purpose in life? That's the, what a person has to do now. And what happened to some of these people? They put so much of their life in this, that when it comes to the real Yiddish guy to, be, to grow in Torah and Irat Shamaim, they don't have any more energy because the person has X amount of energy. It's not an unlimited battery. If you focus with your battery for something that is not important, when you need it for critical things, you just don't have it anymore. So there's one thing to say, we don't believe in it, we're against it, that's not the correct way, which we all agree on. There's another thing to make your entire life just for that, and everything, and, and why, am, why am I saying it? Because over the years, I, got, I had some that started to go off the derech, and somebody sent them to me to show them which lecture to watch, that they start getting emuna. Because, yeah, they grew up from, but they don't have emuna. So right after 30 seconds in the conversation maximum, I already know it's about to come any second. So what do you think about the Zionist? What do you think about the Zionist? That's all. Why? Why? There's not everything in life. That's not one of the Ten Commandments. There's many other shine, not only the Zionists. If we make a list of how many people we have to fight against, it's going to go all the way from here, all the way to who knows where. So this is just an example. Is this the mission in life or not? Maybe I'm wrong. 
test. This is what the Ramchal is speaking about. I'm just telling you what he meant here. What does he meant here? Sheyasima bato megamato. Where do I put the X amount of energy that I have in life? What am I weak with? What do I need improvement? What is the talent Hashem gave me? What is my kisharon? What can I do with that? Some people can talk great. They have to focus on that. They can make big influence. Some people are great in writing. They cannot mumble two sentences, but they know very well to write. So they have to write. Some people, even in these days, they're expert in computer. What do you think? It's in Yan Shilmabekach. You can make a revolution in the world if you know computer. You know how many Jews you can reach with talent in computer? You can do, as a complete ignorant Jew, more help to the Jewish nation than the biggest Rebbe in the world that knows the whole Torah by heart. If you use the skills that Rosh Baruch gave you. It's enough, you make another million secular Jews aware of lectures, and they begin to listen to lecture, and 50,000 of them in 20 years become Baalei Tshuva. You know any Rebbe who made 50,000 Baalei Tshuva in this generation? That took them going from the street and made them 100% tzaddikim sitting and learning Torah? How many Jews in general Bechlal, has this chut to do this? Nobody. It can be an ignorant Jew. He used the skills. He, he advertised. He got to people's list. They have all kinds of things. We don't know that much about it, but it's a whole thing. And they attract many from Jews and many going to, to, to leave their Avodah Zara and to become uh, observant of the Sheva Mitzvot. And his account in Shamaim is growing by the second, more than all of us together. So Kisharon, it can be a great thing if you know how to invest it in the right things. We all know because the purpose is that Hashem made us to enjoy from His greatness, from His sweetness, from all the great things that He has to offer, which is the greatest real pleasure. It's greater than all other pleasures combined. The pleasure of being connected and stick to Hashem and the soul arrived to such level of pleasure, spiritual pleasure, there's no words to describe. That's the purpose. But it's not easy to get to her. It's very difficult. I'm sure you heard it many times. This is a whole way to the life of eternity. We all know that. I'm just focusing on things before I really start this. And then, when Chazal says to us that the Shlemut Amitit, being perfect, is Advekut Boit Barach. And a person has to feel like a magnet. I'm a little magnet and Hashem is a huge magnet. My purpose is to, to be attracted and to stick completely to my source, which is Shakarash Baruchu. It's the source of all the Neshamos. Man de Nafach, Midelech Nafach. The Neshama of Adam is an integral part of Shakarash Baruchu himself. He put a spark of himself, hard to understand how can it be, but he put a part of his own, Akash Baruch Hu, inside Adam. And then it's the eternal divine soul. Now, if a person cannot stick to Hashem, then that means there is some kind of a technical problem here. Technical problem is not created by itself. Somebody created it. What create technical problems in our life? We. Our bad midot, desire, our love to materialism, many things that is wrong in our life, create screens between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what is it like? Imagine a huge magnet and a little tiny magnet over here. If there is no separation, as soon as you put the magnet here, right away it's going to be attracted automatically to the big magnet. However, what happens if you begin to take pages from the notebook, one after one, and put between them? The more pages you put, 
the less attraction is going to have, right? Until it gets to a point that it's not attractive, it cannot stick. It's the separations. The, the big magnet is trying to get the little one to come to him. And the little one wants to go to him. This is a neshama and Hashem. But all these pages, which is the sins, which is the tumma of the person, is separating between him to Hashem. So the job is, as the Ramchal writes here, it's to break all the separations between us to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Take away this, take away this. Which means, he, he, he explained what does it mean, that where these separations come from, mainly, mainly, love to materialism. Love for food, the love for the women, the love for the money, the love for sport, the love for nice clothing, the nice car, big mansions, uh, picnics, vacations, the jewelry, you know, the list is long. The more you're in love with this, the less you are attracted to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which means these things are obstacles between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not that hey, I can enjoy HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Torah and at the same time live a normal life, like a guy has his pleasures in life from all these toys. Eventually, one comes on the expense of the other. And there are two kinds of people that lives in the darkness. One kind of a person who lives in the darkness, he can, the darkness in his spiritual life make him un, un, unable to see the way. He cannot see where to go. He can fall, he can break his hands, can break his legs, can break his head, because he doesn't really see the path. It's complete darkness. But sometimes the darkness is worse than only not showing you the way. Sometimes the darkness makes things look different to you. For instance, if you see a pole in the middle, you're walking in some dark place, and you see a big pole, from far it looks like a person. So you think it's a person. Or if you see a person, it looks like a pole. Or all kinds of imaginations that you have because you cannot see anything. So things that are one thing looks like something else. That's more dangerous than not seeing at all. Because you see what's good, bad, what bad is good. So the parable here, the mashal, is that sometimes a person just doesn't see. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what's good. He doesn't know what's bad. He just doesn't know anything, which is very bad. Sometimes it's worse. What's good looks bad for him. What's bad looks good for him. See, many from people, from, and from, there's nothing to talk about. From people, you see what they are fighting for? You see that they, are, they have no idea what, what religion is. Nothing. All the opposite. Everything that they say is against the Torah. Yeah. How can it be? This is it. They live in the darkness, and the darkness makes them look, the bad look good, and the good looks bad. And this is the words of the Ramchal here. It says like this, You get attracted to the world. He's destroying himself and destroying the world with him. It's together. If he control himself and stick to his creator and only enjoy what God gave him to use it for his own benefits, how to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to get closer and closer to him. So he takes advantage of what material has to offer, but it's nothing to do with addiction. I just need a car because I have to go from here to Shior. From I have to go to here to the hospital. This is things for a person that he needs, Hashem gave him. But once the things become the main thing in his life, it becomes his target in life. That's not the, uh, what is it like? Someone gives you a car to drive all the way from New York to LA. In LA, you have a bag full of diamonds waiting for you. If you get there before Shabbos, you get the diamonds. 
you don't get there before Shabbos, you lose the diamonds. That's the trick here. You want to get the diamonds? Here, now it's Sunday, you have to get to LA by Friday. I don't care, drive around the clock, make it. Make it happen, traffic, no traffic, find a way, get a good GPS, do whatever you have to do. Now a person look at the car they gave him, nice car, wow, drive nice, smooth. So he loves the car so much, he, he goes to the car wash, make a complete detail, clean the stains, change the tires, put some spray, six hours he wasted. Next day some dust got on it, he goes to the car wash, two hours. Then all these things, he puts all his life in the car. Wednesday, <laughs> he's still in New York. He won't make it. This is almost all people in life. Hashem gave us whatever we have. And what happened in the end? Instead of understanding that we, got to, we have to take advantage on it to get to the real destination, we focus on the emtsayim, on the tools that Hashem gave us to make it the, the goal. That's not the goal. That's not the goal, and that's a big mistake. Okay, so this is a conclusion. The Ramchal say, of course, you will never find a person that is happy in this world, no matter how rich it is. You'll never find, never, it's never been here before, and it will never be. That materialism brings happiness to everyone. Everyone who knows about life can see right away that it's the truth. And if the purpose of life would be to live here, then the soul wouldn't have to come here. You don't need a soul, you'll be a monkey. Monkey doesn't have a soul, he can enjoy all the physical world. You don't need to be a with a divine soul to enjoy food. What's the connection between food and divine soul? You don't need a divine soul to enjoy jewelry. What, the soul doesn't enjoy jewelry, the body enjoys. You don't need a soul for it. You don't need a soul to enjoy a relationship. You don't need a soul to enjoy sport. You don't need a soul to enjoy movies. All the things that people run after, you can manage without a soul. So if you have a divine soul, that means these things are not the food of the soul. Very simple, common sense. Okay? And uh, also, also, uh, also, yeah, so we can conclude now briefly. I mean, I gave a whole full shiur on it, but now we did it in uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Now let's go to chapter 2. Chapter 2, Midat Azirut. When a person pay attention, I said in one of the previous lectures, if you remember, I said that uh, there is a term what we all use, Yeresh fearful from Hashem. And the opposite of Yeresh is not what people think. You ask a person, what's the opposite of white? He say black. What's the opposite of, uh, of, um, of sweet? Sour. What's the opposite of this, that? Everything has an opposite. Uh, cruel, merciful, uh, good, bad. There's opposites. But we ask, okay, this is a person that is Yeresh What's the opposite of Yeresh Everyone would say, not Yeresh You have have no Yeresh Shamaim. That's the best we can come up with. And according to the Torah, that's not what Hashem wrote in the Torah. Hashem wrote in the Torah, there is Yeresh And what's the opposite of Yeresh Someone who doesn't pay attention to the small details. That's the opposite. What's the connection? It looks like two different things. Yeresh Amayim is someone who is afraid of Hashem, admire him, understand who I'm dealing with, learns a lot about Hashem, grateful to Hashem, is clever to understand there's a price to pay. That's Yeresh Amayim, right? What does it have to do now with someone who doesn't pay attention to the small details in his life? So apparently there's a connection. What's the connection? 
The only way to become Yerei Shamayim, there's no other way. It's to pay attention to the small details of your life. Every word the person tells you, everything happens around you. When you drive on a highway, things that happen around you. In yeshiva, what's happened? You heard now a tape of someone. Every word is, and nothing is coincidence. That he came to your ear, that you saw an accident, that this one happened with your son, and this phone call you got, and the person sent you an email blasting you that you corrupted and a crook, and all kinds of things. And you, and you think, I'm not like this. I'm trying to be very honest. But why is it happening to me? Why Hashem sent me this person to tell me all this? Why the dog bark at me and not at the other one? Everything in life begins to show the person what's, where to what direction Hashem is pushing him. Now, of course, it's very difficult to know. It's not something that you go like this and you understand all the messages. So here comes the davening. You have to pray and cry to Hashem. I know you're sending me messages, but I'm ani evil, ksil. I don't understand. I'm not a clever person. So please light my eye. Show me what you show me the picture. Show me where you want me. Show me why these things happen to me. Why this is happening at work. Why this is happening in a house. Why this is happening between me and my wife's family. Between me and my best friend. Between me and my children. All these things that a person has in life. If he ignore all the things, eh, whatever happened, happened. There are two kinds of people who are religious. There are people who whatever comes to their way, they handle it. And there are people who choose their path. Most religious people, they're robots. Whatever comes to their life, whatever comes to, whatever comes to their life, they deal with. Come, it came to me, no, what can I do? I have to deal with this now. Whatever doesn't come to their life, it's not my problem. I don't have anything to do with it. But a person who knows the truth, he directs himself to the right path. Do you understand the difference that you walk straight all the time and whatever comes in front of you, you deal with? Or when you know where to go, there's a big difference in life. So the Ramchal says, In Einyan Azeirut, being careful that a person will be very careful in everything that he do. In everything around him. Watch very carefully his ways, if it's good or not. Run away from destruction, God forbid will not walk like a blind in the darkness, and everything that common sense requires to follow right away, not to ignore common sense. If a person has an opinion and brilliance, which means common sense, to save himself and to run away from destroying his soul, how can he ignore such an opportunity that God gave him? You have an opportunity to save yourself from internal destruction. And you take it easy. You're not under pressure. You're not taking it 100% carefully. How can it be? There's nothing worse than that that you can imagine. You cannot find a dumber person than this person who has this opportunity to save his soul and he's taking his time. Why? Because if someone behaves like that, then for sure is worse than the animals, worse than the chayot and the behemot. Why? Even an animal, a dog, a bird, anyone, they know a danger is around, they behave accordingly. Nobody wants to get hurt. Even a dog has a, a sea fire, one time he got burned or he touched something and he got electrocuted a little bit. He already know not to come back to this place. He got the message. 
if he touched something he's not supposed to and his master gave him a smack, next time he doesn't come near there. The dog understands who wants to get hit, right? But some people, they don't learn. They don't learn. They don't want to learn. They ignore the situation. That's why... Yeah, that's why... The point is like this. When a person knows the soul is eternal, and there's a list of things that the Torah said that destroy the soul, how many people really in this world are very careful from not doing these things knowing it's destroyed the soul? Knowing. For instance, not makpid in kashrut. Not eating so kosher. Eh, kosher, not kosher. Doubt, question, in a wedding, who's the mashgiach, where the chickens came from, he heard the rumor, he pretended he forgot. Because, you know, he smells now, oh, uh, what a kugel, what a delicious, uh, this, you know. <laughs> now you're telling me? Next time, don't bring me to this wedding. You cannot put me in front of this steak and now tell me, hey, you know what, it may be not bet Yosef. You know me, I'm like a dog. I see meat, I attack. You cannot talk to me. This is one example. But the Ramchal will give the examples. It says like this, Ulam chisron ha person that is not careful, mipne ha-ivaron ha-tivi, from natural blindness, or mipne ha-ivaron ha-retzoni, or from chosen blindness. What's the difference between natural blindness to chosen blindness? In Hebrew, ivaron tivi or ivaron retzoni. What's the difference? Bottom line, both of them are blindness. You cannot see. But what is the root of the blindness? That's the difference. And we'll see if there's enough kamina to life. Ivaron TV, there's things you cannot see. You want to see, you cannot see. Dark, not dark, far away. You are not in this level to understand these things. So that's a natural blindness. You know, you, you can maybe one day improve yourself, but right now you're not in a level to see. But Ivaron Retzoni means everything is piece of cake to see. You just don't want to see. This is what the Pasuk says, is speaking about the gods of the Goim, all these statues. But what's the secret of this Pasuk? The secret of this Pasuk is that we are nothing better than these idols. We have eyes and we don't see. But what's the difference between the idol and us? The idol, even they want to see, they can see. It's a natural blindness. Our blindness is much worse than Buddha's blindness. He cannot see anything, even if he wants, he can see. All the statues they go and put in their churches, they cannot see, cannot smell, cannot hear. But we can see, but we don't see. What's worse? We choose not to see. We choose not to see. I'll give you an example. Many times I speak about something in a lecture, and I speak very strong against it. The lecture didn't even finish, and people right away go back to normal. Nothing. Mamash nothing. Speaking, for instance, I was now in a seminar. I, by the way, mentioned that uh, they found the diet coke, if you drink a lot, it makes cancer. I didn't even finish. I see a lady opening diet coke in LA. <laughs> Just a minute ago she heard. Didn't even bother her. Bichlal. Somebody like this, in simple things like diet coke, she can drink 500 different drinks. If this doesn't bother her, Forget about religion. This is the health. This is the goy must care about their health. If it doesn't bother her, how Shabbos would bother her? This doesn't bother her. 
And people don't, nobody wants to die, nobody wants to get cancer, religious or not religious. If something like this doesn't bother her, how you come and talk to her about Shabbos, you know, it's important, it's this, it's much, much harder. If a person here and right away begins to adjust, then there's a chance to wake him up. If he doesn't care, he's choosing to be blind. There's not that much you can do. Then the Navi Irmiya, this is what he says, His conclusion, the, the Navi Irmiya, this is what he says, I didn't find one person who regretted his sins. This is 2,500 years ago. Where are the people who regret their sins? I cannot find them, he says. Ve'ainu the Ramchal writes, Shayu rotfim v'olchim b'merutzat ergelam v'darkam i'bli sh'yanichu zman l'atzmam l'dakdek ala ma'asim v'adrachim. The people are so busy with life. So busy, business, this, that, transaction, walking on the roads. Nobody has time, nobody makes time to investigate his path, his life, his journey, his purpose, his actions. Nobody thinking about myself. So busy with what's happening around you, it attracts all your attention. Then it says like this, King Solomon wrote, Simu levavchem al darkechem. Don't ever do something without thinking about what you're doing. And this was, I'm sorry, this was Haggai. The Navi Haggai said that. But Shlomo says, Don't make your eyes fall asleep. And your eyelashes close. Save yourself like a deer immediately. No, what did you understand from here? What deer has to do with this now? Save yourself like a deer. Why save yourself? Save yourself like a zebra. Save yourself like a horse. Everyone runs. All the animals run one from each other. There's 500 different examples you could give. Why deer? It looks back. Good, beautiful. That's the secret here. That the deer doesn't just run like an idiot. Run, run, run until somebody trap him from there. Every few minutes he stops. He measures. What did I achieve so far? Where should I turn now? Where are the enemies? Are they here? Maybe they're going around. He looks around. And then he chooses and he begins to run. Could be make a mistake, but at least he stopped to review. This is what the Gemara says. Two and a half years, Betshamai, Betilel, they're arguing, better to come to the world, not. In the end, agree unanimously, better not to be here. Better not, not better. That's not the right explanation. Noachlo, Noachlo. Would be more comfortable not to be created. Too much work, too much work. The mission is very difficult. But now you're here. You might as well grab as much as you can. So they, they wrote, So the simple explanation is, before you do something, you check very careful. Good, it pays to do, doesn't pay. What do I gain? What do I lose? You know, what's the reward? What's the punishment? Fine, that's Yefashvesh. What's Yemashmesh? Yemashmesh is when something that already happened, now you go and review it for the next time. Did I do it correctly? Maybe I could have done it much better. Maybe I did it with some ego. Maybe I did it with some anger. Maybe I did it with uh, pride. Maybe I wasn't generous enough. Maybe I had no kavana. Maybe it is better to do it in this time than this time. You know, there's so many things that you can check about your mitzvot. Yemashmesh, it's come from the word mamash. That's already you have possession in it. 
something in your pocket, you can hold the money, it's called a mashmesh. If mashmesh means you're looking for the money in the sand. You're on the beach, someone told you some coins fell here, that's called a mashmesh. You're moving the sand, you're looking for the coin of gold. A mashmesh means it's already in your hand. That's mamash, comes from the word mamash. Okay, so we continue, it says like this. The wicked person is waiting on a trap to the tzaddik and asking to destroy him. What is he talking about? Is he really talking about two individual tzaddik in Russia and the Russia has nothing in his mind besides to hide for the tzaddik and kill him? No. What's the secret here? Tzofer Rasha, Rasha is the evil inclination, the Yetzirah, la tzaddik, to a person, because a natural person will yashar. person is a tzaddik. What makes him a rasha? Comes the yetzerara and take him to the wrong direction. Without the yetzerara, everyone is a tzaddik. Everyone is a tzaddik. But comes the yetzerara and make the person go to the wrong direction. You know, there is a, there is a very interesting and perhaps strange halacha that we have to try very hard to understand. If a person doesn't want to give a get to his wife, whatever the reasons are, the Baidin told him, we checked your case, please give your wife a get and get it over with. No, I don't give. Begging him, sending him, sending the Rebbe, nothing helps. I die, I don't give her get. What's the halacha now? What they have to do? They have to take him also to the Baidin. As a guy comes with a whip, and begins to hit him. Mamash hard war, hard hits, one after the other, until he say, Rotzeani. But we have a problem. It's get me use. We have a, we have a say, we say, Gadol ame ase yoter mina ose. What does it mean? Gadol ame ase, mem ein shin hei, yoter mina ose. Ruven that made Shimon make a mitzvah. Reuven's reward in Shimon's mitzvah is greater than Shimon himself. He got him to do it. The Torah has a very interesting and beautiful sub, uh, 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 concept. If you make your friend do a mitzvah, he's getting his reward. You'll get his reward and extra for what you did. More than him. He, he sweat, he runs, he killed himself for four hours in the sun. You got him to do it, you earn more than him. Why Hashem did it like this? To encourage every Jew to care about the other. Do this, don't do this. Do. Everyone will help each other, then, then it's going to be greater. Gadola me'aseh, say you convince someone to give tzedakah, your reward is bigger than his reward in a tzedakah. Convince a rich friend of yours to help the yeshiva, you know that it's not easy. But you finally did it, and he gave to the yeshiva, don't worry, he didn't come to your pocket. He actually did. You got more than what he got. So what do you worry? So that's it. So the same idea over here. Get me means you force him to give get. It's a pastoral get. She's Eshet Ish. She's going to get married. The kids will be mamzers. How do you force him? It's a very, very strong kashia. Because we all know if you force the person to give a get, the get should not be a kosher get. He has to really want to release his wife. If he's still holding to her, the souls are connected. What's the point? Is he signing a piece of paper? It's not mochel. He, he, ha he has to say, yes, I'm cutting you for my life. 
ונתן לה ספר כריתות. What is it, ספר כריתות, but he's thinking, when will I grab my hand on her back? In his mind, he's never giving up. So the Rambam answered this kashia. What's the answer? He said that the natural person is tzaddik. He wants to give her a get. He wants to listen to the Beidin. He wants to not to be uh, stubborn and uh, cruel and all these things that some of them do. But his Yetzirah doesn't leave him alone. Only he's waiting for the opportunity to bury you. Like the dog. The dog is waiting right by the door. As soon as you open a little bit, oh, he sneaks in. He has patience. He waits hours by the door. Or Chazal gave another example. The Yetzirah is a zvuv. Zvuv, it's like a fly, all these annoying flies. They, they, in, in summer, you see them a lot. Why Zvuv? Mosquito is worse than Zvuv. Why they don't say mosquito? It's going to come, he bite, this, that. Why Zvuv? Because the nature of the Zvuv, the Zvuv always attracted to open wounds. He's not interested just to walk on your skin. It doesn't give him anything. Mosquito doesn't need open wound. He comes on the skin, he beat you. First he put you like anesthesia, you don't feel that he lands. First thing he come, he spray you. You don't feel that he stands on you. He drill. It's amazing, it's one of the biggest miracles in creation, the way the mosquito is functioning. Because such a small thing and very soft, the power of his drilling is similar to what a person will drill the size of maybe more than 10 feet wall. The, the thickness of the skin, as opposed to the size of the mosquito and his needle, how he makes the hole, it's incredible. It's like if like a person trying to take a drill and make in one second a hole in 10 feet wall. Imagine like the Western wall, such a thick wall. You take a drill, in one second, zip, it goes to the other side. This is the thing. So he makes you numb and he takes the blood. By the time he flies, you begin to feel it's itching. But the fly, they always come where the blood is. A little hole, some blood is open, the zvuv comes right away. Exactly like the Yetzirah. You open him, then he comes. You don't open, he doesn't bother you. He only bothers you when you open him a little bit. What's that, Kashrut? Ah, yeah? Yeah, but there is? Okay, okay, no problem. Oh, next thing, next year you eat shrimps already. You start, you open, then he begins to attack. He never open. You don't go to places with no news. It doesn't drive you crazy. Once you do, then he right away. This is the way it is. Like zvuv, open and he comes in. So it says like this. But Hashem won't leave you. When? If a person supervises himself, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu helps him. Not like some people. Moishale, it's 11 o'clock. Why don't you go to work? What for? Where is your imuna, mommy? What? I work on my imuna. I work, I just finished Chuvat Alevavot all night. I was reading. Why should I go to bother myself? Why should I get dirty? Why should I go for work for Parnasa? I stand by Vishnitz. I make $300, one dollar after the other. And I'm a rich guy. Why do I need to work? So what does it say here? You want Hashem to help you, rule number one, you first have to start helping yourself. You do nothing, it's nothing, it's laziness, it's no emuna. Sometimes it feels emuna, it's 100% laziness. 
It's almost the same. Why you don't do anything? What should I do? I trust Hashem to send me the money. Beloni, you don't trust Hashem. How do I know he doesn't trust Hashem? Take away $100 from his pocket, see what he does. If he had a gun, you'd be dead already. Why? Because he doesn't really have a Muna. You have a Muna? You come to a very person that has big Muna, and you take still $100 from him. He's going to start cursing you, run after you, call the police, running on the street like crazy, he wants to beat you up. No. Okay, I'm very sorry that you decided to be a thief. What can I do? Goodbye. That's Balemuna. Not calling. Hey, cousin, can you do me a favor? This guy stole from me money. Can you go there? Where? Can you make me a date with a bedin? What's the point? One time I asked somebody. So somebody stole money from me. I want to take him to bedin. So he said to me, bedin is only for ktane emuna and people who do not have emuna. So I said to him, Kvod Arav, I don't understand. Half of the Talmud is Dine Nezikin. Dine Mamonis, no? Barbatra, Markot, Sanhedrin. There's always delegations over there. What is this? What does it mean, Ktane Emunah Bedin? He said, yeah, the Torah has to give the answer to people with no Emunah as well. To prevent uh, an anarchy. But it doesn't mean you have to go into that system of all these losers. If you trust Hashem, somebody stole from you, if you deserve that money, anybody can take something that belongs to you, Hashem will give it to you from a different door. If it's not yours, you can win in Beit Din and you lose it in a different place. So why wasting time, standing like a fool, arguing for money, bringing people, Chilul Hashem, Lashon Hara, all kinds of problems. What for? Yeah, isn't this the same as the guy that doesn't want to wake up in the morning and go to work? There's something you have to do. No, Obviously, no, no, no. I tell you what's the difference. I tell you what's the difference. The difference is this is something that you already did something to get it. Now it's yours. If you lost it, that means you're either guilty of something else, that you needed to lose money. Maybe you took something that is not yours. Maybe you didn't make the money in a kosher way. So if it's not yours, then it's, all, it's, it's perfectly fine when someone took it away from you. But if you don't deserve to lose it, so why do you have to worry? Hashem gave you X amount of parnasa, already gave. You have position on it. Someone decided to make an avera and steal it from you. So if it's really yours, Hashem has to give it to you. He's forced to give it to you. Rosh Hashanah is coming soon. It is not. No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to. No, you don't have to go through this specific aggravation. You know, the Gemara says that. Uh, that a person gets from Rosh Hashanah, Mitishrei, Atishrei, Chutz Mitishrei, the Parnasa. So the Gemara says, Mezonotav shel Adam ktsuvim lo. It doesn't say Parnasato. Why it say Mezonotav? Yeah, but why it doesn't say Parnasato? Parnasa it's also food. Better Parnasa it's food, clothing, gas, tools, everything you need. Mezonotav sounds like only food. Why? Because when Hashem decided how much you're gonna have this year. It doesn't decide with money. It decides with items. And I'll explain to you what I mean. Let's say Hashem decided that you're going to make $50,000 net this year in your work. That's your achnasa. What happens if it's going to be a collapse in economy? The dollar will go down to 10 cents, like it happens in Israel, in Russia, in Ireland, now in uh, many countries. So the 50000 that you're supposed to get won't, be, won't, won't even worth 5000 so up, when Hashem made the decision on Rosh Hashanah 
to give you $50,000, how many, you can buy 20,000 loaves of bread. Now when the collapse in the currency happened, you can even buy 1,000 loaves of bread. So what did Hashem give you? 20,000 loaves of bread or 1,000 loaves of bread? It's a big difference, because here you can feed your family, here you starve to death. So the answer is how much he's going to give you in clothing, in everything that you need, and it's, it's buying power, not literally money, buying power. In the time of the decree of Rosh Hashanah, the 50,000 that I'm giving you today, how much you can buy meat, how much bread, how much vegetables, how much gas, how much clothing, how much rent, how much mortgage, everything. Now, whatever happened in, in inflation doesn't matter. I give you extra according to inflation. Or if the value of the money goes very high for whatever reason, so then you're going to make less money. You're going to make enough buying power like I decided in Rosh Hashanah. That's why it's a mezonotav, it's an actual thing. It didn't say parnasato. Parnasah, it's an amount. Amount doesn't mean a lot. Doesn't mean a lot. Here, gold was a few months ago, it was 300, 400. Now we got to almost 2,000. It's starting to come down again. It could have gone to $4,000. Things can change. Anyway, so it says like this. If a person does something, then Hashem will see that he cares about that thing. Why do we have to do ishtadlus? Are we really doing anything? We're not doing anything anyway. Without Hashem, you cannot, do, you cannot move your hands. You cannot work more. Even the little ishtadlut you do, Hashem is doing. Getting up, going to work, making some phone calls, typing some emails. Any one of the things that you did, you did, Hashem did everything. You move your finger, Hashem helped you. You walked, you got on a bus, whatever you think, you breathe, this is all Hashem. So even the little that you do, 99.9% is really Hashem doing. You're just deciding what you want to do, that's it. So what's going on here? So this ishtadlus is only to show Hashem that I really care about this. I really want to get married. That's why I'm going to the Shatran. It bothers me not to be married. Ah, it bothers you? Let me help you. Doesn't bother you? Stay like this? Doesn't mean, no, I don't care, no problem. You want to send me Why? Fine. I'm not doing anything. Ah, you're not doing anything? If you're not doing anything in anything, which means you never do any shtadlus in the most important thing in your life, then you don't need to. Even a little bit you don't need to. But if you come and say, I'm not, why are you not working? Why should I work? Do a little ishtadlus. No, I have a munah in Hashem. I don't need to do ishtadlus. But then when it's something else, he does a lot of ishtadlus. In Shiduchim, he drives the Shatchanim crazy every five minutes. No, you have someone for me? You say last week, maybe you have someone. Oh, five minutes later. No, did you get it? I send it. Oh, wait a minute. When Parnassah, you don't have, you have 100% emunah, but in Shiduchim, you don't have any emunah? Something is not consistent here. If you have a munah 100%, then you don't need ishtadlut in any different field. Not in shiduchim, not in this, not in anything. But if sometimes you do a lot of ishtadlut, and sometimes you do nothing, if you do nothing, that means it's laziness. It's not a munah. You're pretending you don't have a munah. That's why Hashem don't send it to you. Because it's all fake. You either have a munah in everything or you don't have a munah in anything. You cannot have a munah in one thing and nothing in the other one. It cannot be. If you trust Hashem, it's the same Hashem. He has no limitation. Same way he can give you a wife, he can give you money. He can give you health, he can give you everything. Why over here you have a munah and over here you don't? That means you don't have a munah. 
So why over here you're not doing anything? Laziness. You don't like what needs to be done. So you like to sleep. Why are you not getting up? Why should I get up? Fools, they go to work, they kill themselves. I sleep in bed. Then one day he owes $200,000 on his credit cards. What happened now? Chilul Hashem, stealing, falling, knocking on his door. This is what's happening. Chazal say, Did you ever hear such a thing? person who doesn't have de'a didn't say chokhmah and he didn't say bina. Mishen bodat, asur lerachem alav. What's the difference? Mishen bochokhmah, tsarich lerachem alav. You have to have mercy on him. Mishen lo bina, tsarich lerachem alav. He's a very miserable person. Mishen bodat, not only you don't have to feel sorry for him, you're not allowed to feel sorry for him. Who understands what's going on here? What's the difference? Chokhmah, poor guy, let's pray for him, he gets some chokhmah. Bina, poor guy, let's pray for him, he may get some bina. Doesn't have that? Don't care about him. Whatever happened to him, he deserves it. Don't have any mercy on him. Heard what happened to him? Very good, he deserves it. That's what it says here. What happened? What's chokhmah bina vadat? Chokhmah means you hear the details of the story and you understand. Go straight, make a right, make a left, go up, down, this, that. Speak to that person, speak to the other person. That's called chokhmah. Person doesn't understand. It's very miskan. Something is messed up in his head. We have people like this. Sure, you should have mercy on him. Maybe Hashem will open up his head or begin to understand one plus one equal two. Now, if he has this chokhmah, but he's not clever enough to understand one thing from another. You tell him, hey, I use this, and, it, and the phone wasn't working. Like sometimes you call customer service, the people who answer are so dumb. Like you get angry in one minute, but then you begin to think, imagine if I would be like him. Yeah, I'll give you an example. My son bought a, a new cell phone. Doesn't work. After two days, it doesn't work. Brand new phone. So he sent it to me to send it to them, you know. My problem become yours. You're the driver, you're the customer service, you're the bank, you're everything. So he sent it to me to, to take care. You know what to do. And he's a clever boy. He knows how to talk, but he doesn't want to bother with that. He saw it on me, no problem. I took it with love, I called them up, no problem. They send the phone, again, not working. And they send a letter that it's been tested, they left the factory working, cannot turn it on. Plug the charger, nothing, no light. A company like this. Call them again, so I don't understand what's going on here. So I, I already started to think maybe the battery is defected. Maybe when they tell you to send it to them, you don't send them the accessories. You only send the phone, they use their own accessory. When I use my accessories, I know I have few chargers, so it cannot be all of them bad, so it's not the charger. It has to be the battery. Probably the battery doesn't work, dead completely. So I tell this guy on the customer service, do me a favor, after all the suffering I've been through, send me a brand new battery. Send a brand new battery. Now I'm thinking, I know this battery is not good. So he sent a new battery. Now when you, call them, when you call them to explain to them the problem, you say to them, you know, in the first phone, when he, my son took a battery from another phone, and put it inside the phone, it still wasn't turning on. But the battery was fully charged from the other phone, 
but it still wasn't. A second later, he asked me, the person says, so maybe it's a battery problem. I just explained to you, we took, he doesn't understand. It's not his fault. I mean, you explained to him, and he's not able to understand that you took from another phone and put it here, and it was fully charged, and the other, the other phone is on. You took it from an on, put it on. No, yeah, no, you understand what's happening here? Now, he doesn't understand. Now, somebody like this doesn't have Bina. He doesn't understand one thing from another. Clever person, as soon as you begin the sentence, he already know what you're talking about. I took a battery from another person. The problem is still there. You know the battery, the, the problem is not the battery. So that's called Bina. Somebody like this, you have to have mercy on him. But someone who has Chokhmah and Bina, but he doesn't have that, then you're not allowed to have mercy on him. Why? Chokhmah and Bina, you're born with that. And of course, you can develop it over the years to become better and better. But you either have it or not. You don't have it, I feel sorry for you. You're born blind, I feel bad for you. You're born sick, I feel bad for you. You're born with limitation, I have mercy on you, why not? But that, it's 100% choice. You chose not to translate your wisdom, your chokhmah and bina, to actions, and now your life is destroyed, I have no mercy at you. You chose to be rasha, you pay for what you cook. You cook it, now you're going to eat it. I'm not going to feel bad for you. This is what it says here. This is a very big mistake by many Eden. They think that if a person is miserable, automatically I have to feel and have mercy on him. Not true. You're only allowed to have mercy on him if it wasn't in his hand, his misery. He was born blind. He was born without legs. He had an accident. We don't know. We feel bad for him. But if he chose to be addicted to heroin, I have to have mercy on him? No. He was warned many times and he chose to go there anyway. Now, after all the warnings, he's suffering. Why should I feel mercy for him? He was, cho he was warned not to be a thief. In the end, you're going to go to jail for 20 years and we're going to have to raise a million dollars to release you on bail. His parents, his rabbis, everyone warned him. But he doesn't want to listen. And then he got caught, now he's in jail. I have to run and collect a million dollars to get him out of jail? No. I don't have to have mercy on him. Remember. Mishen bodat. That means he takes the wisdom that he has and translates it to sins or to mitzvot. It's up to you what you want to do with that. In this particular mitzvah, I'm to take out the person from jail. Is that also in this condition? Or you always have to help a Jew out? Some people, it's not mitzvah to take them out of jail. Many times they used to ask Rav Yashiv, the Chazonish, if to take a particular person from jail, he said, no, keep him there as long as possible. No, but I'm, I know what you're saying. This, this particular um, parable you just gave, a lot of people come to the comfort collecting money for people who are to jail. Because sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes a person goes no, to it, jail. It's their fault. I mean, you know, and I say to them, that the mitzvah of Pitin Shim doesn't have a reason. You have to um, take him out from jail. Even though he knew he's going to go into jail, that's what they always answer me. That you have to take a out from jail no matter what. Maybe yes, maybe not. I don't know what to answer. But I know from what I read, for instance, if a person go from one Jew to another and steal from them, Bishita, nobody will tell you to release him from jail. Tell you keep him there. If a person doesn't keep Tarat Mishpacha with his wife, he doesn't go to the mikveh. Two chilonim, and now thanks to the fact that he's in jail, they're not making his karet. You take him out of jail, you bring him back home, now they're going to start doing his every day. 
What mitzvah you have to take him out of jail? You tell him, you want me to get you out of jail? You want me to run, raise money for you, $50,000? I'm more than happy to do it. If you sign a personal guarantee and swear, uh, once you come out of jail, your wife's going to go to mikveh and you don't touch her when she's not tahor. If he says, no, what, do you want to make me religious because you want to do me a favor? Oh, no, you don't want, no problem, it's no conditions here. I'm not allowed to release you knowing you're going to go and make sins. It's better for you to stay in jail for the rest of your life. Mutav la'adam liot shoteh kol yemei chayav, Chazal say, than to be a rasha one hour in front of Hashem. Taking him out of jail and going back to his wife right away to make a sin, Isur karet, I become a partner to the sin. Hashem will tell me, what did you run to release this rasha from jail? Didn't you know it's better for him to stay in jail? Like this is separate from his wife and they both getting saved from Isore Karet. What's better? To be out of jail and do Isore Karet or to be in jail for the rest of your life than not to do one time in Isore Karet? What's better? There's no question here, Bechlal. What? If a person has to be 78 years in jail in order for us to prevent him one time from making an Isore Karet, every POSEC will answer you the same answer. There's no dilemma here. You understand? So, yo, you don't want? No problem. Stay in jail for the rest of your life. I don't know you anything. Many of the things we automatically run to help people, we, we have to take a time out and think. Sometimes we're really not helping them. Like many parents who give a lot to their children. The children walk, walk, walk to school with lots of money in their pocket. The parents love their children, so they think, I want to give my children what I, my father couldn't give me. So he gives them hundreds of dollars every week to spend. He's a little kid, 10, 11 years old, walk with hundreds of dollars. Is this good? This is the worst poison you can feed your children. Even if you're a billionaire. Even if you think, what's the problem? Anyway, this boy won't have to walk. He won't have to do anything in his life. We have money until age 5,000. So what's the problem? Let him enjoy now. No, it's not only about he will have to work or not, or to be independent or not. No. It's changed his entire personality. He's like this and the other kids not like that. Right away it's create gaiva, it creates all kind oh they're not in my league, they're not in my style. Look in the schools. In schools you have groups of kids. And they don't want to let anyone that is not in a league of the millionaires or the billionaires to be with them. You hear some of the kids how they talk, you wanna cry. And who did it? Their parents. If the father that has a lot of money would raise his son with a simple lifestyle and say, so just because we were blessed and we have more money than the average people doesn't make us even a bit better than anybody. If any, it's the opposite. We have a very serious mission in life and so far we did not fulfill it. If he will teach his children the right thing, no problem that they have one day a nice car and a big house. It's not a crime. It all depends what's go through the mind. We are here and, you know, in most of the world, there are different classes. For instance, you go to Mexico. You will never find a rich Mexican from Mexico City marry any Mexican from the village. Never. Nobody, this doesn't go like, oh, but it's a nice girl, or oh, it's a great guy. Nobody will allow such a thing. It's called Ma'amadot. Same thing in old Europe. Same thing, it's like classes. It's by where you come from, your money, and your education. Something like this doesn't belong in the Torah. One of the nice things in this town, Monsi, you can have one block, and in this block you have a melamed that makes 30,000, 40,000 a year and cannot finish the month, cannot pay his bills, he needs somebody to help him, and another good person send him some donation just to pay the bill. 
And next door, a person worth five billion dollars. Right next to him. Two houses down, another poor person, unemployed, living of food stamps. Across the street, another person that has $500 million cash. You don't have any other place in the world that has in the same street such big differences. Usually it's all the extra, extra millionaires lives in their, in their mansions. Nobody can even dream to pass there. They don't let you in, b'chlal. Or very poor camera. But over here, that's the beauty of the Torah that your best friend can be your neighbor that is probably worth 5,000 more than you in his bank account, and he has no problem doing with you kiddo, Shabbos, sitting, if he forgot something, he comes. And this is the beauty, but slowly, slowly we're losing it. That's what's happening to us. Okay, time is running out, so let's just finish it another, mamash, another five seconds and we're done. So it says like this. It says, if a person doesn't have the ah, Asur lerachem alav. Don't have mercy on him. You should know one thing. Im en anili mili. If I will not take care of myself, nobody, nobody will take care of me. Not my children, not my brother, not my rabbi, not my parents. Nobody, nobody will do the job for you. When you go to Israel, you put everything in a suitcase, you send it with the airplane. The things that are really, really important to you, you don't send with a suitcase, if you're smart. Why? Maybe you will get there, maybe not. But feeling always in my personal bag. Ah, they send my suitcase to Russia now, I'm going to wait a week until my feeling will arrive. What will I do now a week? Cannot afford such a thing. The passport I put inside the suitcase? No, it's right me, by me. If I have a lot of money, I'm going to leave it in a suitcase? No, it has to be either in my pocket or in my bag attached to my hand, or in a belt. Things that are important, you take care of it personally. You don't pay someone to do the job for you, because maybe he will, maybe not. That's the same thing here. People think, yeah, I'm a very rich guy. I will be modern, modern. I learn one hour, it's enough, let me go to my bank, business, this. One day, I'll take all my millions, donate everything to the yeshiva, and they'll do the job for me. All my Torah will be mine. What I didn't learn in my life, I learn in my death, right? There's few problems here. First, thinking like that, this is like someone who say, "Al tomar One day I will learn. When I have time, you'll never have time. Someone say today I can make sins. One day, of course, I'll make tshuva. No, what's the question? I know the truth. When you would want to make tshuva, Hashem will prevent you from making tshuva. Midah keneged midah. Because it wasn't urgent for you. Now, now you want to get away with the punishment? No, my friend. Now I don't let you. It's going to be a lot harder now than what it was 10 years ago. And the most important thing, you trust them to do something with your money, maybe they will, maybe not. Now it's in your hand to do the right thing. It's in your hand 100%. Im en ani li... If I won't take care of myself, Mili, who's going to do the job? And what's the rest? But if I'm alone, it's also without Hashem, I cannot do anything. And if not now, when? Next week, I won't be, there. I won't be alive, maybe. Maybe yes, maybe not. It's too many maybes. Maybe I'll be able to, maybe I will be alive, maybe, maybe I'll have the money. What about the Chemish? The Chemish, uh, 
it's a, it's, we have a problem now in our, uh, the religious world has a serious problem. And the problem is that in this generation, most people already lost the borderline between halacha to humra. There is obligations and there is extra. Nobody in work, you want to work extra, they off, the company offer you. You want to stay two more hours, we'll pay you double money, no problem. You want to be chassid, no problem. But at 10 hours you must come, if not you get fired, you must. The extra you want, you don't want, it's up to you. Today, the extra became halacha, and the halacha became nothing sometimes. Where in the world does it say, where, even for people who love modesty very much and they really, really care about it, where in the world does it say that in public places men and women cannot sit in the same area? Where does it say it? It's not, it doesn't say anywhere like this. If that's the case, then what happens is you're not going to be able, for instance, all the kosher restaurants, all must be closed completely. Because why? People sit, one family sit, one family sit there, they all sit in one big room. And they're not, they're, they're, you go with your wife and the children to eat in a restaurant. I know by Hasidim is not so common, but the rest of the world is that people sit in, in tables. Table here, table there. So in that case, it's not allowed. What's the difference between this and the bus? And even as modest people, okay, so the ladies will go to a different restaurant, and the men will go with the, men, with the boys to the different restaurant. But that's a khumra, but that's not an halacha. It's not the requirements from the halacha. The requirements to be modest, to watch your eyes. If a woman sits over here, I saw Dollar Door of America, the biggest in America, going into a back car. Someone opened the door. I saw uh, two women sit in the back seat. And the Dollar Door, the biggest gadol in America, goes and sits in the back seat next to a woman. And it wasn't his wife. He came to give a lecture in Lower East Side 15, 16, 17 years ago. And I opened the door and I saw. And a few months later, I went from uh, Milwaukee to New York on a plane, and the plane landed in Cleveland, emergency landing, there was a snowstorm. We got stuck there seven hours, and I see this gadol. He's sitting in the airport in Cleveland like this, mamash, without exaggeration, seven hours. He did not move his face from the book. Now, I'm dying to get a bracha from him. Dying is an opportunity. When else are you gonna have one-on-one -on -one like this? So I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to bother him learning, but I cannot give up this opportunity. So after a few hours, they offer some sodas to drink. Me, with my stupidity, I came, I took a can of soda with a glass, and I said, Kvod maybe you're thirsty, we're here for many hours already. And he looks at me like this, I was very surprised, and I came like this to offer him drink. I said, no, no, it's okay. But now he paid attention to me. Okay, so now I'm standing. The only place that I can sit is next to his wife. He's sitting over here, his wife's sitting over there across from this, and there's one chair next to her, and I'm embarrassed to sit next to his wife. You know? So then he looks at me and says, why are you not sitting? Sit, sit. I say, the rabbit said, sit. He smiles, <laughs> rabbit said, sit. When you get old, you know what's allowed, what's not allowed. You don't take chumrot and make it shulchan aruch and then force all the people who doesn't want to be machmir like you, like the Shaim. That's not what Hashem said. You come and take everything that is allowed and make it not allowed until everyone will hate the religion and nobody, not this new generation, nobody wants to be religious anymore because so many things are not allowed. Half of the things that we say today is not allowed. It's perfectly fine.
פרפקטלי פיין, צ'ק וואן ביי וואן, זה עול חומרות, חומרה און טאפ אוף חומרה און טאפ אוף חומרה, אברי טיים סאמבדי דאט איס אין א ורי היי לבל, אינבנט אינו חומרה, טן יירס ליידר, איטס בקאמינג דה הלכה. You get an example, if you see a person doesn't daven with a hat, see a person come to Minyan, 500 Hasidim, one person comes every day and davens just with a kippah. What everyone say? No one and my son to marry his daughter. It's not a retzini, it's not a... I know 10 times more Torah than you, he's a much bigger Baal Tzedakah than you, he's not speaking Lashonara, maybe he's watching his eyes better than you, but you have a beautiful $200 hat, whatever. Such nonsense. And we don't even, nobody comes and say, hey, what's going on here? There is Ikar and there is Tafel. This is the important and this is not important. And that's what happened now. They, they take an average chassi today. The Sovzman Tfila comes. It's Shulchan Aruch. It's Halacha. You're not allowed to daven after a certain time. After that, it's Safek Brachot Levatala. There's big arguments. You may say Brachot Levatala. You cannot say Brachot Kriyat Shema. But he didn't do his mikveh now. Mikveh is yarek velo yavor. But it's not halacha in Shulchan Aruch. It doesn't say in Shulchan Aruch he cannot daven before he go to mikveh. If it was so important, it would be in halacha in Shulchan Aruch. But it's not. It's important. It's of course better to do both. No one argue. Of course. What's the question? Everyone will admit. But right now you didn't get up. You went to sleep. You went to Hasuna. You came out very late. You slept three o'clock at night. Now you have to get up in the morning. You still have to go to work or to the kollel. And now there's no time for both. So what does he do? 45 <laughs> minutes in the mikveh fixing his pails, arrive to the shul, by the time he daven, he's making brachot levatala, which is violation of the Ten Commandments. Nobody scream, what's going on here? Leaving the main halacha and focusing on idur, idur mitzvah. So what are you saying? It's not a problem, it's mixed bustles or whatever? No, it's not a problem. You're saying they're doing wrong by... Yeah. I tell you what the problem is. Okay, if it's among the, the religious people, only religious, you own the bus, like Monsi Trez. You own the bus, it's a private company, you make the rules. I'm the owner of the company. I have my Rebbe, the Rebbe told me men in the front, women in the front, you want to use my bus, that's my condition, no problem, perfectly fine. The problem is when it's a public transportation that's owned by the secular government or companies and you want to, be, to use it as a customer, you don't own it. You use it like everybody else. Of course, we want them to be perfect, but they don't understand. They look at us as crazy. Now, if we must, if they want to eat us pork or feed us pork, we cannot surrender to them. It's halacha. If they want chas v'shalom to put dirty movies over there, then we have to fight. But if they want to just, she gets on the bus and see it. Who say you have to look at her? You look to the other side. Or you get up and stand. One, there's options. Why not to force and not to talk about speeding on a human being? You know what it means to speed on a person? You know, you know, you know in Chalitza, they want to embarrass the brother that he doesn't want to give the, his brother a chance to be Gilgul, reincarnated in a baby. This is the whole secret here. So they do some, the Torah said that you have to embarrass him so bad to, take, to make him think a thousand times before he refused to, be, to do Yevum to his brother's wife. The embarrassment of being in a base din and that you take off your shoe and she speed. This whole thing is such an embarrassing thing, the speed. And not talking speeding in your face, speeding on the shoe. It's such a thing that most people just not to go through this embarrassment, they'll agree to do the mitzvah. This is the idea of this. 
Now you come, you have a little girl sitting in a thing, in a, in a bus, and you spit at her, and you scream to her, Prutza, Shikse. What do you think? It's going to make people love the religion more? Such a big Chilul Hashem. They're celebrating on this now two weeks all over the news. You know how many of my Baalei Tshuva send me emails that they stop keeping mitzvot after that? Tell me, listen, I cannot handle this pressure. People tell me you're crazy. How do you join these crazy people? How do you want to be one of them? They're not human beings. They don't have manners. They're highest. How can you want to be one of them? We are much better than them. We chilonim, we're much better. We will never dare to speak to the person. The truth hurts. And this is it, remember. If it was halacha, as I understand, of course it's not halacha to speak on a person or to scream or to embarrass him on the street. There's halacha, so you can talk to him. Do you mind sitting in a bus? It's, a, it's against our law, whatever. It's not even halacha. That's the sad part. It's not even an obligation. You, you get on a public bus. What do you do here in Manhattan? What do you do here if you go on a Spring Valley bus? You make all the goyot go and sit in the, bar, in the back of the, uh, the bus? Why do you tell her, hey, Christine, get up, go to the back? Huh? You don't understand, it's not private company. If it's but privately owned... No, but you, can, you don't understand. The, the country, it's a mutual property of secular and religious people. You cannot force the secular people to go according to your beliefs because they don't believe in your belief. And it's, it's a war that automatically will fail, no matter what you're going to do. Now, if it's halakha, what can I do? That's it. Our hands are tied. What can we do? Hashem knew that we're going to have this test, this nisayon. He put us in this nisayon. We have to be moche. We have to stop it. And we get the embarrassment all over the media. But at least we know we did it for the truth, for the halakha. We're not doing it for some chumrah that somebody invented. This is what I'm saying here. It's not an halacha. Here, the, the Rav Ovadia Yosef said, why are you making all these wars? What for? There's plenty of other wars. The enemies of Israel wants to destroy us, preparing us our eternal death. They want to destroy us for good. This is what we need now, that half of Israel will fight with the other ones, and they now putting all kinds of uh, bad things on the shoals. And they, it's a horrible things now. They beat up religious people everywhere now. They go crazy now. What I wanted to explain is he grew up in Square, where they have separate streets for women and men. Square, it's a no, different exactly. story. Square, it's a private neighborhood. No, 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 no,
You want to be machmir? Be machmir for yourself, not for the people. You be machmir. Rav Moshe Feinstein, they asked him about chalav akum, and it was very hard to get chalav Israel at that time. He said that they allowed, and he wasn't, he wasn't touching it. He himself didn't touch it. But he said to everyone, you're allowed, no problem. Why? Because he knew he's allowed. It's a chumrah. They say it's allowed because the government, there's cameras, these things, the supervision, they can lose millions. Nobody will mix a camel meat today or, or donkey meat. It's not even, there's nowhere to get it even. There's no system for it. It's not like it used to be, you come to Ahmed, Ahmed, give me from your cow. And Ahmed, see, you turn around, he brings a little bit from the donkey mix because it's preservatives. Now the meat is going to stay a week instead of three days. More customer comes to him and he makes a living. Or he hates the Jews, so he puts on purpose. Today it's all commercial, it's all machinery, it's all cameras, it's companies in the stock market. The chance that they will mix a milk like this is one to a, not to a billion, to a trillion. And for such a hashash, it's not, but it's a chumrah. But imagine now to make 5,000 Jews that are on the way to become religious, leave the religion for this chumrah. This is a clever thing to do or no? When people come to me, right, I start making them religious, I don't even dare to talk to them about this chumrot bechlal. Kemach yashan, chalavakum, nothing. Nothing whatsoever. First, I want them to focus on Shabbos. I want them to focus on the things like tefillin, Shabbos, the things that is the foundation of religion. Then six, seven months later, we'll worry about other things. A fool is beginning to talk about all the little chumrot, and two weeks later, and I made what, that mistake once. I lost the Baal Tshuva that already was Shomer Shabbos, putting tefillin, giving lots of tzedakah. I lost him, you know, for what? For, for Asher Yatsar. For Bracha of Asher Yatsar. I went, I went on his head, why are you not doing the till after you come out of the bathroom and say Asher Yatsar? He lost his patience in the end. He said, listen, I can't live like this. Every five minutes, so I come to the bathroom, come out. This drives me crazy. Forget about it. Don't call me anymore. Experience. If I was clever, I wait a year with that. Nothing would happen. Shomer Shabbos, very important. Putting tefillin, eating kosher, giving tzedakah is already doing big things. Why did it bother me so much, Asher Yatsar? It's mitzvah de Rabbanan. Leave him alone, slowly, slowly. Not everything in one shot. Focus on the most important thing. You gotta be clever. Even if it's alacha, it's not chumra, Asher Yatsar. It's an alacha, it's an obligation. But it's mitzvah de Rabbanan. It's not as critical as Shabbos and other things. Now I lost it, Shabbos, and Mary Goya in the end, this person. Mary Goya. For stupidity, for, for, for not thinking right. We're making the same mistake in education, our children. Exactly, same thing today. Same thing, focusing on things that is not bechlal shayach, not chayav. And the most important thing, nobody's streaming about. Things that is mamash, the biggest averot in the Torah, Nobody is making a big deal out of it. You know, like many times you see somebody comes and he makes such a big kanai Hashem, kanai, demonstration, violence. And this person standing in a shul until 11 o'clock in the morning speaking Lashonara about half of the world. And nobody makes a beef. He makes 5,000 averos de oraita, the wars every morning and worry about some humra of somebody that is not going his way. He's burning the garbage can, demonstrate on the streets. Making people hate religion, very, very stupid. Very, very stupid. And the problem is that our leaders sometimes are also sleeping. And not right, screaming to the people, enough, enough, focus on what really what we must do. 
not on the extras. The extra, Be'ezrat Hashem, when we first finish what we must do, then we'll focus about the extras. But over you have to understand, with war, with the Chilonim, with our brothers and sisters, with war, you never achieved anything, and you will never achieve anything. If any, they hate us more and more and more. And what happened? What do you think happened in the end? It's going to be chas v'shalom milchemet achim. You know, you know what's going on. There are places in Israel that the soldiers that are not religious, mamash risking their life every hour to protect religious, uh, religious areas. There's a religious area among the Arabs. And because the religious people chose to live right next to the Arabs to show them we're not afraid of you, we're going to live all over Eretz Israel. So now two, three hundred soldiers have to risk their life every day to watch this community. And guess what happened in the end? Instead of kissing their feet for standing and protecting them, and even though they're not Shomer Shabbos, there's a lot of free, most of them don't even have an idea what Judaism is all about. But they're risking their life, and guess what happened in the end? They spit at them. They spit at them, they call them things, they beat them up. That's what happened. And then they show it all over the media because they hate religion, the media. What do you expect from them? And then when you come to Mac to speak to one of them, ask him to become a Baal Tshuva, he doesn't want to look at you. He looks at you, he's like, Chaz Shalom looking at a Nazi. That's how they think about us. And many of the things is their fault. But some of the things is our fault. Most of it, it's their fault. I, of course, I see. They make up from nothing, they make big deal. But some of it, we created. We cooked it for our own self. And that's what happened. You stand on a bus in front of people and you spit at a girl, and what do you expect? It's not going to be a big thing on the media? You don't think, you don't know. Why Torah won so much from Chilul Hashem? Why? Chilul Hashem. Same thing with the Goyim. Speak to the Goyim here in New York. You own a building and you treat the Goy like he's a dog, like he's a donkey. And then one day it's going to get to the media and everybody see you with your beard. And, and the whole world, they, now they hundred times hating us more. And if people don't understand one little thing that I do that will get to the media, will cause such damage to so many Jews in the world. You know, in France, you cannot work with Yamaka anymore. And soon in England, Belgium, if you're a Jew, they don't let you in the house. If you're an electrician, come with your blue, blue uniform. The landlord is a Jewish, he owns the building. He sends you on a job to his own building. The, the Belgic guy doesn't let you in, say, you're a Jew, I can't let you in. In your face, like this. This is now, now, today. You cannot come in. You don't, you don't look like a Jew. He just know about you. Your Jew still doesn't let you in. That's what's happening. And what do you think? It cannot happen in America in a year or two or 10 or 20? Imagine our life like this. You go, you go to a store, say, don't come in. You're a Jew. Don't, you're, not, you're not allowed to come here. You want to get on a bus, everyone looks at you. Hey, what are you doing here? Try to think about it. So we have to be careful not to bring more anger towards us. Not to be kanai, kanai lashen, screaming, making demonstration, burning garbage cans in the street. For what? The, the Chilonim drives in Barilan in Yerushalayim. Yes, they are knowing. It's in the middle, the heart of the religious neighborhood. But you see 20, 30 years you fight with them. You throw stone, rock, you lay on the street. Did it get us anything? Nothing. Did they ever care about us? No. The opposite. Now they come inside the neighborhood. This is a major road. Now on purpose, they want to break the barricades over there to come in to make full volume music to destroy your Shabbat. 
Why? Now it becomes who is going to break who. You understand? If you come to them when it's all started in a nice way, we're asking you, please have feelings for us. It's important. Shabbos, our children. It's created big problems for us. Go on a major, in a different way. Speak to them in a nice way. All the problem will be gone. You started a war with them, that's it. It's only become wars and wars and wars and wars. And everything they do, they do on purpose. Everything. <coughs> you, Baruch Hashem, don't know what's happening in the internet. That's what's moving the world today. Do you know what they write about the religious people? Just exactly like it's Nazis. No different. Exactly what they write on Hitler, they write on Hasidim and the Litvish and the Sfaradim and everyone who's religious. That's what they write. How did we get to this situation that could be your cousin and he hates you like he hates the Nazis? Are we clean? The answer is no. You can say whatever you want. Ah, it's not their fault, they're shame. Whatever you say, you're right. But bottom line, it's still our fault. There were, there's one Rabbi Grossman in Israel. Rabbi Grossman in Migdal Haemek. Big, long beard, Streimel, Peos. 100%. They're crazy about him. They love him, all of them. He can talk to any Chiloni, anti-religion, right away bow down to him. Why? Yes, he's clever. He knows how to talk to them. They're crazy about him. He comes here to New York. He makes a basketball game for all his foundation. The Goyim, the Goyim, the Knicks basketball, they give him the Madison Square Garden. The city give him police. They make 20,000 people come. He raises who knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars. The mayor of New York come. They take pictures with him. All the Kushim. Why Hashem Matzliach Darko like this? Because he's a man. He knows with war you don't achieve anything. You don't achieve. Wars never achieve anything. Only hatred and more hatred and more. He spoke to them. He hugs them. He showed them panim. Because it's all about ego. What do you think? Inside their heart, many of them wants to be like us. They know they live in a lie. But when we're so nasty to them, we never smile to them. We always look at them down. They think, chas v'shalom, I'm going to be a monster like him. Better I stay what I am. That's what makes them mechazek otam basin shalayim. You understand? And then it's a lot because the leader, the, le the leadership are not doing what they're supposed to do. They have to teach from, from young age. This is not your enemies. This is your cousin, your brother, your father's uncle. This is all people that have no idea what they live for. If we're not going to teach them, who's going to save them? We have, it's our mission to save them. Not to go into a war against them. It's like going to a war against your own son. Yeah, he's not interested to learn. So what are you going to do? You kill him now? He doesn't want to be mockpit in Sneel. So what are you going to do? Fighting with him, you're going to achieve anything? In the end, he's going to be a murderer. Showing him love, patience, one more, again, 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 5,000 times. In the end, one day he's saying, you know what? I'm Baal Tshuva from now on. Oh, he's now become more religious than you. But you're going to go into a war? <laughs> in the end, he's going to sit in the Knesset voting against religion. What do you think? As revenge against his father. Anything I say you disagree with me, feel free to talk to me. Now, ask me. Uh, I'm telling you, in my, this everything I... The shiur was the shiur. Now he asked me a question, I answer him based on my understanding. But you don't have to agree with me. Everyone is entitled to think. But anything that I say doesn't make sense, please tell me right now. I want to hear what you feel. It makes a lot of sense. 
But the problem is that today people do things on their own. A hundred percent. I agree. I agree. But Ashkevils, right on, away. On Judaism, on yeah. Judaism. I agree million percent with you. If we ask the Poiskim, a lot of things wouldn't happen. Right. But that's what Judaism demands from us. I agree. What, what, what do you answer? I agree. What you that is the problem. What do you answer in the emails? No, I say Judaism is not determined based on the behaving of the Jews. Please remember this rule. Judaism is pure and perfect and complete. Jews sometimes are doing things who are against God's will. Please don't learn from their bad things, learn from their good things. End of story. That's the truth, ma. <laughs> Where does it say in the Torah? Exactly. Well, that's one of the reasons. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.